You are listening to WWPT 90.3 FM. This is Out on a Limb for our second ever movie review. I'm here with Gavin Rothenberg today, and we will be talking about Fight Club. Let's talk about Fight Club, Gavin. Yeah, so we are a little more structured this time. You know, we're just getting more and more used to it as we continue to do more and more movie reviews. But I was happy with the outcome of the first one. But to start it off, we're just going to talk about our viewer experience of the movie. I know with Shawshank, we talked about our viewer experience, how we kind of felt after we watched the movie. So, Taya, how did you really feel after getting through Fight Club? Well, I don't think I've ever feel felt the way that I felt watching Fight Club. There's a massive plot twist in Fight Club. And just the characters, the concept of the movie, I I was having like constant goosebumps up my spine. And I saw a YouTube comment. I've been watching a lot of Fight Club YouTube videos to help uh, further my understanding of the movie and the themes in the movie. And the comment said, I would do anything to be able to watch this movie for the first time again. And I feel so blessed that I'm able to watch the movie at a time where I fully comprehend it. And it it was just an amazing experience. Definitely one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Yeah. After you finish it, you just get a sort of like thrill after the plot twist too. And then right when you get to the end, the the music we played for our intro is the outro music of the movie. And I don't know about how you felt, Ty, but it just kind of made me have a little bit of a different aspect on life for a second. Like, the whole point of the movie, I think, is to have people let go, to let people slide. And I felt that way after watching the movie. Well, the movie, to me, the movie never died. After watching the movie, I couldn't stop watching YouTube videos, reading articles. I just wanted to know everything I possibly could about this movie, not just for the show, but just for my personal understanding. Yeah, so before we get into um, all the aspects of the movie, why don't, Ty, we just give a um, a quick summary like a one minute review of what happened at the during the movie all right so yeah i assume if you're still listening just a warning there are going to be heavy spoilers ahead every single scene in the movie will be spoiled so i assume if you're still listening you have seen the movie so this is just going to be a short description of the plot the movie's about an unnamed narrator who's deranged and depressed and he feels a lack of masculinity and self-worth working his regular nine-to-five job and living alone in his apartment. This man meets another man named Tyler Durden, who's crazy. He teaches him to ignore the rules and live life freely and to the fullest. And Tyler appears to be everything that the narrator wants to be. He's good-looking, he's confident, he's smart, and he's rebellious. So after the narrator's uh, apartment mysteriously blows up, The narrator moves in with Tyler. They start living together and together they create a fight club for men who are feeling the same way as them. Uh, Lack of masculinity, lack of self-worth in their nine to five boring jobs and their comfortable lifestyle. They're allowed to fight each other to feel free and to feel alive again. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after uh, fight club continues to develop, it kind of develops into something else that the narrator wasn't originally intending it to. It becomes something called Project Mayhem, which it ultimately becomes uh, a form of terrorism. They kind of blow up things around the city. They, they they just terrorize the city. They're not killing anyone, but they're, they're, they're creating a lot of destruction. And so 
throughout Project Mayhem, the narrator starts to to notice uh, a little bit of irregularity in his conversations and interactions with others. He he realizes that people start to think he's Tyler Durden, and that's when the narrator realizes and learns that Tyler Durden is himself. Tyler Durden is a personality that he created in his mind, his ideal personality, and he became Tyler Durden, but he thought that Tyler Durden was just his friend the whole time. So the movie ends with the narrator shooting himself in the mouth, killing Tyler Durden, that side of him that was so detrimental to his life and the people around him. And it ends with him and his girlfriend named Marla, and it, it, it appears that they're going to have a fresh start. Yes. Yeah, so as I watched the movie, um, the first hour and 30 minutes, I was just, it was kind of all over the place. I remember texting you, Ty, saying, like, I don't know if the hype is that it should be there. Like, it was just a kind of all over the place movie, just random things happening. And then all of a sudden, that hotel scene where um, Tyler explains that he is like Edward Norton is Tyler where they're the same person and he realizes everything. My mind just like blew up and the rest of the movie, like those last 30, 40 minutes just went by super fast. So much going on that you forget kind of what happened at the beginning, but it all comes together within the end. And that, I think that's what makes part of it. Such a good movie. Gavin, I think that hotel scene is such a turning point in the movie, not only because of the plot twist, but because every single little detail in the movie, in, in the past, the the hints that Tyler Durden isn't real, the the themes, the 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 mental illness, it all comes together after that scene. It's not even that special of a scene on itself. It's just how it ties everything together and it completes the movie beautifully. Yeah, when you're the viewer, you're like, how did I even miss that? Because I honestly remember Ty. We're gonna talk about this with a later concept, but. There were like a couple scenes in the beginning where like a red jacket so like was popping up. Something red was like popped up on the screen for a second and came off. And I thought it was just my screen glitching. But as you said, I looked it up and that was actually they were doing Easter eggs of Tyler popping into the screen to show that it was just the narrator's imagination that Tyler was there and he would pop up in random places within his life. Yeah. Also, there are a couple of scenes. One is uh, the narrator's in a hospital and he says it's almost like. Tyler started speaking for me because Tyler turned into him. Like he turned into Tyler. Tyler was the voice inside of his head telling him everything to do. And there are also other scenes where I, I, I really apologize if, if I, if I say this term wrong, but I think it's called breaking the fourth wall where he talks to the camera with Tyler in the background. Like, and he doesn't do that with any other character in the movie, only with Tyler in the background. So it kind of indicates that Tyler isn't a real person. Yeah, so our first concept for the Here, part so, of the movie so let's explain plot. the grading process, the out on a limb movie right. formula. So the out on a limb movie formula, we've got plot, or let's see here, one, two, four, five, six, seven, or yeah, six, six, sorry. So we've got six different uh, aspects. We've got plot, character development, acting, production, symbolism, and theme. So we've got a different uh, we got a point system to add up all these points so and we 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 rated the points as well to what we think which aspects are more important for making a good movie so plot is 0 to 10 character development is 0 to 20 acting is to 10 
production is the 10 symbolism is the 20 and then the big one the theme slash the message is the 30 and when you add those together you get up to 100 points and just a reminder we gave Shawshank Redemption a 94 last week and when we we're going to add up each uh, aspect and get a final score for each other and then average out our two final scores to get to the ultimately final score all right so to start off our first section which is plot we just gave a, a short summary of the plot but for this section we mean more uh like conceptually like what the movie is about than than the like the the details and the scenes itself the plot is more like like the general concept so fight club is about a mentally ill man who 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 meets someone uh who's free he he's the man that he wants to be and they create a fight club together to express their 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 masculinity and their their uh freedom that they want to have and they create this club it it spirals out of control it becomes a terrorist organization and then the narrator realizes that this man that he met is himself and he has turned into that person and conceptually it's it's one of the coolest concepts for a movie i've ever seen i I, like for me this is a 10 out of 10 just because i don't know if i've seen a movie that has a cooler concept to it yeah uh, i'm a big fan of plot twist movies and i have to say i was extremely satisfied with this i'm gonna end up giving it a 9 out of 10 and the reason why is because I feel like some of the scenes, they could have made a little bit more powerful, if that makes sense. I think they could have focused a little bit more on uh, earlier in the in the movie. I think the last like 40 minutes I loved, but I think they could have done a little more to um, show maybe show a couple more hints or just try and make it a little more like spiraling. And Because I feel like if people were able to feel that like mayhem within that first like an hour then for the last 40 minutes, they're going to like feel completely invested in it. But other than that, the whole plot twist, the whole conceptualization of how Tyler is the narrator, um, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, but it's close to a 10. The thing about the movie is that it doesn't come together until that hotel scene when the the viewer finds out that Tyler isn't a real person. Because everything that happens until then, like it's meaningful, but it, it isn't really meaningful until that scene it doesn't really make sense until that scene and there are a bunch of easter eggs there are a bunch of uh there are a bunch of little details but you don't notice them and appreciate them until the movie's over so i understand why you give that a nine out of ten yeah so the plot i feel like is the most basic uh aspect that we're going to talk about that's going to be sure the shortest time because there's not much to it more action movies are going to have yeah it's uh, just conceptual but yeah, so our next um, uh, category is character and character development, and that's out of 20 points. So for this movie, I mar- so the main characters, I'm, I'm sure if you're still listening, you're familiar with the characters. We already explained Tyler and the narrator who is unnamed, but we will explain Marla real quick because we didn't talk about her earlier. Marla appears at the beginning of the movie where the narrator meets her at a support group for testicular cancer, even though it's clear that neither of them have it. The the narrator just goes because he likes the sympathy. He leeches off the sympathy of people who are truly hurt. And obviously Marla doesn't have it. She's a girl. So they meet here. Marla, it starts off as, as a hate hating relationship. The, the narrator hates Marla because Marla reminds him of how horrible uh, a thing that he's doing and doesn't like that. 
so as the movie progresses he he learns that tyler is is has a a relationship with marla and by the end of that the movie obviously he realized that he is tyler and he has had a relationship with marla the whole time it's been deep in his heart that he loved marla and at the end they come together marla's his girlfriend they have a fresh start so that's explaining marla yeah and so to start out with characters uh why let's talk about the narrator because i feel like that's the most important and considering character development i would put this at probably the best movie i've ever seen with character development within development itself of how the character changes because there's two characters in one so you're seeing completely two different sides of a story but it is truly only one mind behind it and i think that's what makes the development so interesting is that it's so back and forth that you think that it's those two in one way but really it's just this one like mentally ill person that is doing all these crazy things but he just doesn't realize it so i think um for character development the the development of tyler durden slash edward norton the actor is is unbelievable and there's also more to it than just the two thoughts in his head. It's when he's his surroundings. So you talked about Marla when, um, when the narrator ends up appreciating Marla by the end of the movie, he realizes that he's more alike Marla than he, than he wanted to accept. And he didn't want to embrace the fact that he was a lot like her. So he was pushing her out with this Tyler character. But when he, when he got rid of Tyler, he like the the difference between like literally and figuratively he literally got rid of tyler by shooting himself and getting rid of that part and then now he's with marla and he's embracing the his identity so i feel like this section has two different aspects to it it's characters slash the development of those characters in this story there are three different characters even though we realize that tyler durden is eventually pretty much part of one character combined but if we categorize them as three different characters, not not the the mental aspect, just just their characters, their blatant characters. Marla is is really good. I love Marla. I think she's a sophisticated character just because of what she represents, which we'll talk even more in depth about later. I think that Tyler Durden, the vil- he's got to be one of the most iconic villains in film history. He's definitely like he might be my favorite villain besides the Joker in any movie I've ever seen. So those two are amazing characters and the narrator, I don't know if it's just written perfectly that character, but Edward Norton does such a great job of playing this character. He really embodies the role and makes it come to life. So for that part of it, I give it a 10 out of 10. The characters are amazing in this movie. They're unforgettable. For the character development, it's, it's a little bit different for me. Because there are a couple of main scenes where uh, the character of the narrator develops. At the beginning, he's living in comfort. He's unhappy with his life. The, the one time where he develops, the first time, is when his apartment explodes and he goes to live with Tyler. And he starts living freely. That's one of the times. Then, after spending a ton of time with the Fight Club, Project Mayhem, he starts to... to, to, to dislike it more and more here comes sorry actually pardon the interruption that was just our station id uh so the the second time that he develops is when robert paulson his friend that he met at one of the support groups dies 
this part affects him because he realizes that Project Mayhem, the fight club, it, 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 it took life. It, it became more serious than it was in the past. And that's when he started to, to realize that Tyler was a part of him and that he wasn't Tyler and he didn't want to live that way anymore. But I feel like overall the character development is is like it, it's kind of cliche a little bit at the end he he gets rid of Tyler he, his girl he's with his girlfriend happily ever after it's not that sophisticated to me as other parts of this film are like to me the the character development in this film isn't even close to the character development in Shawshank Redemption but the characters are amazing so for that reason I'm I'm going to give the section 18 out of 20 yeah, um, I was saying I, I loved Edward Norton's character development, so I gave it a 19 out of 20. And you mentioned about his friend dying. I think another important character is Robert Paulson, known as Bob in the movie. He, in the beginning, meets um, uh, Edward Norton in the uh, in a cancer group, and he continues to give him like sympathy, and he hugs him. And um, he ends up joining the Fight Club and Project Mayhem, and he ends up dying. And after he dies... Um, they're just like acting like he doesn't have a name, but this is when the narrator realizes that it all went too far because Bob was a good friend of his. And he, he was, he was telling the people that they need to remember his name. And when he does die, the entire group and people all over the country start chanting his name, which was like a very, very powerful scene to me. And a quote that I thought was important was that only in death will we have our own names since only in death, we are no longer part of the effort. In death, we become heroes. And that's the development where he realizes that he's created something that has gone too far. Where death is only when you have a name. It sounds sort of like a terrorist group, like you were saying before. And it's it's when Tyler realizes that it's something, when the narrator realizes that it's not something that he wants anymore and he, he wants out of it. So I gave the character development a 19 out of 20, but I think it was pretty close to being a 20. Yeah, well... Later in the scene, in the story, this kind of relates to theme, but Tyler says something. Um, he says, it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do any anything. So this kind of relates to like him brainwashing members of the fight club and him, him kind of taking away their name, their individuality. And it's kind of a part of his philosophy. Once you have no meaning, once you don't have any importance and you accept that you're just meaningless in the grand scheme of things, that's when you're free. And that's, that's not like a positive message from the movie at all, but that's kind of the, the mindset of Tyler Durden, the villain. Yeah, so for our next category... Wait, Gavin, did you give your score for the character development and the characters? Yeah, I gave it a 19 out of 20. All right. So for our next category, we have acting. That's also 0 out of 10. Um, to start out, Ed Norton, the actor, was, I think, an unbelievable actor. He he really played the part of seriously being mentally ill and not being able to sleep. Like, you could see it in his eyes. He looked constantly stressed and tired with bags under his eyes. And he was always, always like, looking over his shoulder. And he was constantly nervous and, like, twitching. And I feel like it's those little things that make an acting job so well. I think Brad Pitt was also unbelievable. He played this role of being the confident and cocky and just all around like the perfect guy. He played that absolutely amazing. 
And in general, I think those two actors made the acting extremely, extremely good. I thought the acting in this movie was phenomenal. And the only reason that I didn't give it a 10 out of 10 is because I have this rule for the add on a limb movie formula that I'm not going to give anything a perfect score unless it's the best I've seen. So the plot, I gave it a perfect score because Fight Club is my favorite movie plot out of any movie I've ever seen in my life. So that's why it had a perfect score. For this one, I gave it a 9 out of 10 because the acting, I don't think it could have been better, but it doesn't really compare with movies like There Will Be Blood with Daniel Day-Lewis or like The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Like, it's not, it's not, it's up there. It's a great performance. I don't know if this movie. I don't know if this movie was set up to be have a role like that. Yeah, it it doesn't. I like it doesn't take away from my perception of the movie as as a whole. I just can't give it a perfect ten out of ten because it doesn't have the best acting I've ever seen. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. Uh, moving on for our next category, we've got um production. That's also a. Uh, 10 point category this is talking about music talking about like the set the mood that the creators the creators make and um the casting as well so it goes a little bit into acting but more about the separate parts we have the out on a limb rule i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm gonna give the production a 10 out of 10 because the mood that this movie set for me the mood that it put me in i have never felt more like inspired and touched by a, a film the way I did with Fight Club. But like other than maybe Creed, like I, I, I've never felt more like excited, energetic, like shocked, all these different emotions and the music too. The music was maybe the best ending song that, that in a movie that I've watched. We both are a huge fan of that song. So in general, I, it was, it's the best production that I've ever seen. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. I I love this movie. I thought the production was great. I thought the set was perfect for the movie. And the song at the end that we played at the beginning of the show, I it's it's my favorite ending song in any movie I've ever watched. I watched the movie for the first time a week ago and I get nostalgia somehow every time I watch it. So it's sick. I love the movie song at the end and I the casting for this movie was so good with Brad Pitt as Tyler Durden, which is probably the best casting. They they couldn't have gotten anyone better for the role. Ed Norton as as the narrator, he was amazing. Uh, he was perfect for the role too. Marla, they 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 got that perfect too. It, it, they perfectly casted the movie. There's nothing that they could have done better for that. So for the production, I, I want to talk it, about as well. I think what goes in our production production that like made it a ten for me was the flashbacks. So when we get farther in the story and we see all these flashbacks of how like he's punching himself and it's just like a disappearing person, like that gives you, I feel like production is supposed to give you emotion. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to get you invested in the movie and seeing those like flashbacks and all these fast paced scenes where you're going from place to place to place, project mayhem, all this going on, all of it to come together to see that it was all just a narrator together. I think it gives the production a perfect 10 out of 10. Well, production is often like subconscious things that you wouldn't notice when you're watching the movie, but we're, we're really analyzing them. So the production is important in our ratings and that's why you listen to out on a limb because we have all the subtle information that you're not going to notice yourself. And I gave the production a 9 out of 10. 
Uh, the out on a limb rule, we can't give it a 10 out of 10 unless it's the best we've ever seen. And it was not the best I've ever seen. It was still very good, though. Yep. And for our next category, we're moving on to the uh, bigger points, more important category. And I think this is a category that we're going to be talking about for a little bit because there's a lot to it. It's symbolism. And this one's out of 20 points now. Yeah. So we have a ton of notes on this topic. There are many symbols. And what makes this movie interesting is that Tyler and Marla are more of symbols than characters who have their own character arc and develop. And that's not a bad thing. I think it works amazing for this movie, just making the narrator, the character that develops, and the rest of the characters kind of symbols that impact him. And to start off with with the symbols, we kind of talked about Marla, her symbolism a little bit. So I want to talk about Tyler Durden. He is a symbol of the person that that the narrator wants to be. He's free to do anything, and Tyler represents freedom and how little the the like like materialistic and the system ca- matters. Yeah, like the the materialistic and capitalistic world, it doesn't really matter. That's what Tyler represents, and it's interesting because Tyler Ed, Edward Norton starts the movie. The only thing that is important to him is his job, his nine to five job that is really meaningless and does not make him happy. So Tyler kind of teaches him that those things that seem so important, those little things in life that seem so important, aren't that important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and the first thing he teaches him, as we learn later in the movie, I think one of the bigger symbols that I realized was the apartment. So he talks a lot. The narrator talks a ton about all his little things in his apartment and how that's his life. Like that's all he cares about is his couch, his fridge, his chair, all of that. And all of a sudden Tyler just blows it up. Just like he blows up his life. He blows up his apartment. And I think that's representing um, the narrator getting away from his, the the sense of, of normal and the sense of being comfortable in life and you're not if you're not enjoying things of not wanting to be in that spot and i think the apartment is a huge symbol of the start of his change and his development as a character well what this movie does so amazingly is contrast tyler durden is the complete opposite of the narrator and they they show that with with the way that uh that tyler durden looks the way he acts um they also show and I think I think that's also why the narrator was so hesitant to to accept that he was Tyler because they were just such different people. Yeah, so the 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 story not only paints Tyler Durden as a completely different person, it also paints the lifestyle he lives before and after as completely different. Before he met Tyler Durden, his whole life, his relationships were with physical items, his furniture. He said that f- the, that furnishing his apartment made him happy. And Tyler Durden replaced that with real people. And, and it's just a complete opposite throughout. And Tyler really represents the life that, that the narrator subconsciously wants to live, but doesn't act and, and seek discomfort and try to change his life. Yeah, and we also see, though, that Tyler also shows how he could he went too far so tyler was a symbol throughout the whole entire movie we think tyler's this like cool guy this good guy that's teaching him how to enjoy life but he but he realizes that 
he went too far. And when you're putting people that you care about their life in danger, that's when you have to take a step back. And that's when the narrator realizes that he cannot, he, she, he can no longer allow Tyler to be a part of himself and he has to get rid of him. Yeah. And then moving on the, mm-hmm. um, the next symbol, a symbol that I thought just realized today. And I thought it was like a big symbol was Marla. So Marla is in the beginning of the movie. She's honest with her lie that she doesn't have cancer. She's going to a testicular cancer support group and she's a woman. So she accepts the fact that she's lying while the narrator, he wants to continue to live to himself and be able to have these groups to himself so he can get other sympathy and live within his lie. So he doesn't want to accept and embrace and embrace this lie that he's living in, but, but Marla forces him to do so by entering his life and making him realize how they're similar people. So he just wants this sympathy from other people in these groups while Marla is forcing him to accept who he is as a person instead of living within that little lie. I also touched on this earlier in the show that Marla represents, you kind of just talked about it now too, Marla reminds him of what he hates about himself, that he lives a lie and that he will do whatever it takes to, to feel better about himself, even if it's the wrong thing to do. And Marla reminds him that he's doing something horrible. He sees her and looks at her and he judges her for doing something horrible. And he realizes that he's doing that same thing himself. And he bo- it bothers him so much because he doesn't like being being it's like a wake-up call to him and he doesn't like that he doesn't like being and he knows that marla's judging him he doesn't like that he he knows that he's doing something wrong in his own head he just wants to to keep going to those support groups and keep leeching off the sympathy of others without consequence or reflection and by the end of the movie marla ends up forcing him to open up and by the end, he gets rid of this Tyler aspect and opens up to Marla about how he really feels about her. He reve- he finally reveals that he does care for her and he does believe in like protecting her and, and being with her. So Marla ends up opening him up by the end of the movie and allowing him to relate to her. Yeah, so for my overall grade for symbolism, I don't think it was as good as Shawshank, the movie that re- we reviewed last week. But... I think it was very good. I, the reason I don't have it at 19 or 20 out of 20 is because in, in movies like Shawshank Redemption, there are so many subtle symbols. And in, in this movie, it's kind of just Tyler Durden, Marla. Those are the two big symbols, and they're really meaningful symbols. But I kind of like when there are a ton of symbols that you really need to think about, that you really need to look for to find. And Fight Club really didn't have that much of it. So for that reason, I'm gonna give it an 18 out of 20 because the symbolism was before still you outstanding. Finish, before you finish, Ty, with uh, the ratings, there's one more symbol we gotta talk about, and I thought this one was really interesting. Was the penguin? So when he's at these support groups at the beginning of the movie, uh, the leader of the support group tells the the people to to close their eyes and breathe and go to their happy place to find their spirit animal. And at the beginning, the narrator's spirit animal is a penguin. And the penguin says slide. And we don't really understand what that means. But as you talked to me about today, Ty, you taught me, is the penguin, his spirit animal, is a bird that can't fly. So he's stuck in this way of life, even though he's unhappy. And then when Marla comes into his life, he does this again, and his spirit animal is Marla. 
And Marla says the same thing, slide. And he he doesn't, once again, he tries to get away from this. He doesn't accept it. He doesn't want to embrace it. But by the end of the movie, he accepts that he is like her. He She is his spirit animal. They are common with, they have common things within each other. And it takes for him to, till the end of the movie to get rid of the, the Tyler to realize that, that he is a liker. Yeah, so Gavin, why don't you really quickly give your rating for this aspect? Because what you were just talking about, that symbolism, uh, it, it slides perfectly into a theme that I'm thinking about. Yeah, I'm going to give mine an 18 out of 20 as well. If we could give it an 18.5, I would have. I think it's really close to a 19. But um, just because I feel like they could have done more subtle things with the th- with a with symbols like like Shawshank did, as you said, I'm gonna give it an 18. Okay, so moving on to our final topic, it's theme. Gavin, you just talked about the penguin and Marla saying slide. And the significance of slide is letting go. So what does letting go mean? Letting go is important, but you can't let everything go. Fight Club teaches you that there needs to be a balance with your normal life and letting go and being rebellious and being free in whatever you want. Because Tyler Durden represents what could happen when you completely let go. And Tyler Durden is a horrifying character. He's not a good guy. He completely lets go and he goes crazy and and destroys a lot of things. And then they show the narrator. The narrator is in complete comfort, but he's not happy. He's just continuously in his loop of his 9 to 5 job, just doing what's comfortable to him but he never lets go. He never is flexible and lets life bring him where he wants. He's, he's always like, I gotta, I gotta graduate from high school, graduate from college, get a job, get married. It's just a for life is like a formula to him. But yeah, Uh, one scene too, one scene, one scene too, that I think completely showed this message was when he's the narrators in the car with Tyler and they're just speeding ahead. And he's, he's, Wondering why he wasn't talking about Project Mayhem. And Tyler's yelling at him, you have to let go. You have to let go of everything. You keep wanting things. You have to let go. And then he crashes into another car. And they climb out hurt. And the narrator actually climbs out of the driver's seat because Tyler's not real. And that's the scene where we see that Tyler's whole goal is to have people let go. To stop caring about the little things in life that other people want you to do. And to just do how you feel. Just to be whatever you want to do. And, and that's, that's the kind of the lesson that we get from Tyler, even though he, he's a violent and bad person in general. Yeah, well, they show two characters. They show the narrator and they show Tyler. Two completely different characters that are both living life in a, a horrible way. So you might think, what do these characters tell us? They're not giving us a clear message. And the message is balance. You need a balance between the two because both of them are on their extremes on each end. And you need to find a balance between rebellion and comfort because you can't just go crazy and destroy a city like Tyler Durden, but you also can't just live life like, like a, like a checklist and just check everything off and and be comfortable. Never seek discomfort. You'll never be satisfied. You'll never be happy. So you need to find that balance between the two. And that's where you could achieve true happiness. Yeah. So this was a, a good theme. And I thought the theme was a little bit confusing though, because it ends with him not, not wanting to complete the message, but I understand the whole balance part. And um, I feel like uh, um, to, to move on another, another big thing is the whole difference between comfort and happiness. So this kind of relates to the last thing, but I think it goes further than that. 
um, we see that this one person, Ed Norton, the actor, is living in in a, he has a comfortable life. He has a job. He's he's seeking um, to be comfortable, and he wants to just live his life doing. I remember earlier in, in the in the movie, I believe he talks about how like his dad told him to just like go to college, get a job, get a, a place for himself. Like he's all alone. He has nothing to do. He's just comfortable. But Tyler comes into his life, which is just another part of his mind. I think that's what people have to realize is like this a deranged person. But I think one of the director's points is that you can, your mind is a powerful place. Like, even if you're not like a mentally ill person, you can, your decision, like your decisions are based on what you think about the thoughts that you put in your head. And Tyler teaches him to seek happiness, to seek discomfort instead, and to get out of this life. And he, Tyler goes too far and he realizes, and the narrator realizes that what he's doing isn't right. But at the same time, he's never going to forget that message. And the narrator is never going to go back to that old life of comfort because he's going to remember what Tyler said. And I think Ty, that's Tyler's main point, even not to take it literally, just to understand that he's saying that you should seek discomfort. Well, if you think of the word comfort and you think of the word happiness, they're two words that have positive connotations, which means that when you think of them, you don't have a negative thought. It, it's, it's like positive in your mind. They are both positive words. But Fight Club teaches you that comfort isn't necessarily always a good thing. Comfort and happiness are completely different because comfort can o- often cause unhappiness. If you, if you live life uh, to, to, try to, to try to be comfortable instead of take risks and seek discomfort, you'll never grow as a person. You'll just live the same old life and you'll never be happy. You truly grow as a person when you seek discomfort, you go out of your comfort zone, you do something you don't want to do. And that's, I think, one of the main messages of Fight Club. Yeah, so to continue with theme, I think another thing that was really, really cool that we talked about was Tyler's twisted message, his messed up sort of message. There's one scene where he goes into a gas station with a gun and he tells the narrator to go to the back and he's just pointing a gun at this, um, this cashier's head and the guy's crying. You think that Tyler's about to shoot a guy in the head for no reason. You're like, what, what is he doing? And the Edward Norton is like, what, what are you like? What are you doing? Like, stop. And he, he just asked the, um, the, the cashier, what do you want to do in life? And he says, I want to become a veterinarian. Like he's crying. He's like, I want to become a veterinarian. Please don't kill me. And Tyler tells him to go and that if he's not on his way to becoming a veterinarian in six weeks, he's going to kill him. And it's less about making like this guy be threatened to death and more showing that sometimes fear can be your greatest motivation in life. It can be the greatest factor that you have. And Tyler's whole point is to stop letting things hold you back. And sometimes it takes a, a glance at death, a glance at death with the car accident for for uh, the narrator, a glance at death, getting a gun pointed at you for the cashier is what it takes. A glance at death with the acid. That's another huge, huge thing where um, Tyler is pouring acid on all these people and accept that you might die and accept that and just live life. That shows how you can really go for what you want to. Yeah, well, personally, I don't think that this is a positive message that people should take away from this movie but it's definitely something that recurs in the movie and it's true in real life. Like, have you ever heard someone say, 
like, like, let's say you're talking about basketball or something. Like, your life is on the line. Like, who are you taking to make a three? And that pressure gets to you, but you're more motivated to make that three. That survival instinct is stronger than anything else in life. And even though it's not a positive message, you should never... Please, Out on a Limb is not endorsing uh, making people think about death to motivate them. But it's true that in life, fear can often be motivation. Yeah, and I think what Tyler wasn't able to do in the movie is twist it in a positive way and show and shed some light on it. His whole point, he's so, he's so one-sided. He's so one-dimensional one way. Well, the narrator is so one-dimensional the other way. And by the end, the narrator finds that balance that you were talking about. And I think that's the main message. It's the balance in life. So the narrator is way too far comfortable with his life and he's not going for them. He has no motivation. While Tyler is far too violent, far too ambitious, looking for all the things that he can, even if it means hurting other people. And I think in the end, it's all about finding that balance for people. And the balance is always going to be different for a different person. I read an article the other day about how when Brad Pitt first read the script for Fight Club, he thought that the movie was really about doing everything you've been told to do in life, feeling, doing what is supposed to make you feel satisfied, feeling comfortable, and still feeling dead on the inside. And I think that's a huge theme in this movie because they show the narrator who's, who's uh, he graduated from high school, graduated from college. He has a high-paying job, a nine-to-five job. He's comfortable living in his apartment alone. He has some nice furniture, but he feels dead on the inside. He can't stand his life. And that's something that is very relevant to society today. Society wants you to go, whatever, be an accountant, be whatever. Nothing against accountants or anything like that. But some people just get caught up in money and completing these checkboxes. If you're passionate about being an accountant, that's great for you. And this does not apply to you at all. But if you're being an accountant, you're, you're, you're doing something just for the money. That's, that's when you're going to feel unhappy. Even if you're rich, money doesn't buy happiness. And this movie shows that regardless of how much money you make, regardless of, of, of your achievements or, or your so-called achievements that you're supposed to check in life, which is getting a job, getting married, graduating college, that won't make you feel complete unless you have something truly meaningful and that you enjoy. And while it's such an extreme message, I think the theme is there. It's to break out of that norm. Because we live in a society today where so many people just feel pressure to keep up with getting amazing grades, to keep up with doing all these different things that you may not even enjoy. And of course, we're not telling you to go start a fight club where you're breaking all the rules and you're breaking laws. But I think it's about taking that idea and putting it into your own hands and handling it and controlling it. So maybe going to do something that you know is going to make you enjoy life more or surrounding yourself with people that you know will allow you to get the best out of life. And I think that's one of the main messages, even if it's hard to see because of all the violence and terror that's covering over it. Well, Gavin, I don't know if you know about this about me, but personally, my biggest fear is one day being 50 years old, sitting down and reflecting on my life and, and regretting not taking opportunities, not taking risks in life and just taking the comfortable route. And I feel like Fight Club has really has really like 
emphasize this message in my head that if you have an interesting opportunity, just take it. Life is short and there's no point in in being comfortable because when it all comes down to it, you're going to regret being comfortable when you're 90 years old, when you're on your deathbed. You need to try to live your life to the fullest and take take uh, take risks, think outside of the box, do things out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and before we give our ratings for theme, um, I'd like to tell a little bit of a story. So me and Ty and two of our other, three of our other or two of our other friends, excuse me, um, over the summer went to this cliff jumping place in Ridgefield. And there's a smaller cliff that's about 20, 30 feet. And then there's the higher jump where it's, I'm not sure how high, but it's, it's a pretty Probably high like 45, jump. 45, 40. Right. And um, so we go there. This is our first time going and it takes a little bit, but we jump off the small one. And when we go to the high one, it takes a while. Our other friend, Jason, jumps off it pretty comfortably. Like he just, he just goes off it. It looks like such a fun time, but like you're standing over about to jump and you're like, you're, you're, you're nervous and you're scared. And it took a little bit of like adrenaline and just psyching yourself up. And we did both end up jumping. We went off the big one, but I'll tell you right now, if we go, if, if it was the summer and I finished fight club and we went right to Ridgefield, I will, I would have jumped off that top jump immediately. Like that's how this movie makes you feel. And it's not saying to put yourself in danger because jumping off that cliff doesn't necessarily put you in danger, but it gives you the adrenaline to appreciate the life we have around us. And after the jump, I was completely fine. I felt amazing. Like my heart was pumping that, that adrenaline rush. I feel like that's what this movie is trying to teach you to do. Well, Gavin, teach you not necessarily to put you in danger, but to enjoy the things around you. Gavin, let me ask real quick. How would you have felt if you didn't jump off that cliff on the car ride home? All your friends did it. Ultimate regret, ultimate regret. And, and just like, why didn't I jump? Like, I feel like it would have been fun. I would have been fine. And why, like, we have to go back. I, like, why didn't I do this? Yeah. So thematically, because this movie is so personally relevant to me and, it, and, and the theme resonates so well with me, I got to give it a 29 out of 30. It's, it's amazing. It, 29 out of 30 is really as good as it gets. It needs to be perfect to get a 30 out of 30. It, it was amazing. I loved the themes that this movie gave us. Yeah, I gave it a uh, a 27 out of 30 because I feel like the extremes, like it, it makes some people hard to understand. And it makes it a little bit harder to relate to. But at the same time, a lot of it was there. And I gave it a 27, which is, which is a good score for sure. So in total, we're going to do what we did with Shawshank last week. We'll, we'll add up our total scores and we'll combine them. We'll get an average. So for me, I... With, with all the individual aspects added up, I gave this movie a 93 out of 100 in comparison to, I think, a 94 or 95 out of 100 for Shawshank. And the reason I give it such a high rating is because this movie's in my top five. I, I love this movie so much. It might not be as complete as Shawshank, but personally, this movie resonates with me arguably more than any movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I gave it a 92. I gave Shawshank a 93. And I think we, we, if we read it, I might have given Shawshank a 94 because it's just so high up, but there's no change in that now. I gave it a 92 because of the way that the movie made me feel. Like, I've never felt something that, that crazy before. 
it was just such a like an extreme movie but at the same time i feel like we were both like thinking deeply enough to realize that it's not just like the the top layer to uncover there's so much more to this movie and a 92 is an extremely high rating i feel like for the next couple movies i am not sure how it could get better than a 92 and a 93 Gavin, I think I think for the first two movies, we really watched my two favorite movies ever. So I I don't think that we're going to see as many ratings this high for for the rest of our movie reviews. But on that note, this has been an amazing episode. I love talking about Fight Club. I'm so passionate about it. Eventually, hopefully, if we keep doing this, we've done a bunch of them. We'll come back. We'll give our top five, top ten movies. We'll have a special out on a limb episode. But for now, uh, our time's up. We gotta go. You're listening to 90, WWPT 90.3 FM and Out on a Limb is out.